Hey, it's Mike here from Music Radio Creative. Just before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a free exclusive audio download for you as a podcast listener. If you'd like to claim it, head over now to mrc.fm forward slash play. That's P-L-A-Y, mrc.fm forward slash play and enjoy the episode. Want the exact Adobe Audition multi-track template we use to produce audio at Music Radio Creative? Get it at mrc.fm slash Hi, I'm Mike Russell from Music Radio Creative. Welcome to the Adobe Audition podcast, where I'm interviewing power users of Adobe Audition. We'll reminisce back to Cool Edit Pro and take you right up to date with Adobe Audition CC. If you'd like to learn about audio production, everything from vocal effects to radio imaging, commercial production to music mixing, join my next audio production course at mrc.fm slash learn. That's mrc.fm slash l-e-a-r-n learn. Master Adobe Audition. Training, workshops, one-on-one coaching, courses. Head to mrc.fm slash learn. My guest on the show today is none other than Frank Serafini. He's a motion picture sound designer, sound editor, and composer, uh, working on Hollywood blockbusters you will certainly have heard of, uh, including Hunt for Red October, Tron, uh, got started back in 1979 uh, with a sound design for Star Trek. Um, he's also a sound producer, designer, and installer of the Disney Avengers Station, now featuring at Treasure Island in Las Vegas, and also is the advanced educator and trainer for Plural site on the Sound for Film course series, an expert in creating all of those effects and sound design elements that you hear in motion pictures. I'm really excited for this conversation. And of course, a member of Oscar and Emmy winning sound teams. Frank, it's an absolute honor and delight to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. Awesome. So first of all, let's get started with how you're using Adobe Audition. And most importantly, I'd like to kind of talk about the transition. Um, we're celebrating the 25th birthday of Audition, um, but you would have been working in sound design before the digital technology was around. So talk a bit about how you're using it today and how that transition has, has worked for you in, in the movie industry. I kind of started out, I was just kind of a kid with no agent. At the time, I only had a Minimoog and a, and a Mellotron. I, I remember because most of the sound editors they didn't even know what a synthesizer was. So I was coming kind of from out in left field, you know, without an agent was kind of unheard of. So I, I started making sound effects with my mini Moog and I had friends over at Roland and they let me go over to their factory down there in a uh, city of industry. And I had a recorder at the time, which was something kind of new back then. It was a Sony, I can't even remember, TCD5 was, was, was the number on it. Just I'd go, I'd go meet the editors at, at Paramount and kind of get an idea of what they were looking for. I'd go back to my home studio at night and I'd start making sound effects on my Minimoog. Basically, it's all I had at the time. I'm curious to hear if, if you picked up any advice and maybe if you could single out one piece of um, audio advice that you've received, maybe back then or maybe over the years, uh, that you would say is a really, really great piece of advice that has helped you uh, throughout your career. One of the interesting things I've learned from maybe one of my friends, Cece Hall, she's, we worked on The Hunt for Red October and the Star Trek films, everything at Paramount that I did over there. 
It's not so much the technology because we've been able to do sound like this for years. I mean, look at Frankenstein. You know, they were doing interesting sound design on movies the day they were able to do sound. Most of what you hear in a film is recreated. And we're creating that environment. And sometimes it's not even, it has no relevance to reality at all. So we're kind of creating things and we're lying to you and fooling you, which really helps the story along, of course. So you, you've worked on a lot of interesting projects, but I, I'm curious to know, Frank, if you had to choose one really challenging project or maybe a challenging part of a project, what would that be for you? Just every phase of evolution is, is a challenge because I'm always pushing the limits and like, for instance, the latest project that I just completed was for Pluralsight. It's called Sound for Film. And initially, because uh, I, I had set up a tour, this MZ tour um, that uh, did uh, 30 cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. And then, uh, and then I based my Pluralsight uh, educational videos on that. And, you know, usually I can get up in front of a, an audience or, or even in front of a camera or even you for that matter and talk about what I do and probably do it all day long, you know, but when it comes time to actually produce something where you're educating and you really want to, uh, uh, put it together, like, well, I, the, the Pluralsight project became a much bigger than I initially thought. It took me two years to actually put it all together. And the challenge of that was that now I'm not just a sound designer. I'm actually a writer, a producer, a narrator, an actor, an editor. So all of these things that I've kind of digested over the years and know a lot about um, are becoming available to me through Adobe. Now, what I did on the Pluralsight project was I did a lot of green screening. I did a, I did a lot of stuff in Premiere and I worked with Duran very closely on, on all of that stuff. And he actually, he trained me on how to, how to cut during Gleaves at, at, at Adobe is he's one of the developers of audition, but he's also like an amazing trainer and showed me how to do all how to how, basically how to cut and premiere. Frank, tell me a little bit more about um, your introduction to audio or your, your moment, maybe back in, if we think back to your childhood now and your first experiences with audio, the moment where you really got interested in this whole industry. And uh, maybe for you, um, like you mentioned um, uh, just before we started this call, actually, about um, uh, when you were younger, you know, picking up your first synth and being blown away by the kind of sounds it could produce. What would you say was the moment in your childhood where you thought, wow, I love audio, this is interesting, uh, maybe even this is what I want to do in the future. Let's go back to like like four or five years old, okay? Um, my father was in the military, and he, he liked electronics, and I think I got some of my influences from that. And then it turns out that, that my, my grandfather was one of the biggest resistances in Belgium against Hitler. 
And he developed his own uh, broadcast system uh, in in a silo, uh, you know, on his little farm in in Belgium, Brussels. And and they were the resistance. In fact, there's a book written about him. Uh, but the but but my mother shows me photos of his radio system back there, and it looked like a modular moat. You know, and and I think it's kind of in my DNA uh, because my father would bring back these shortwave radios and stuff that he picked up in Germany. And uh, I remember I'd always like be punching through all the stations, which were pretty phenomenal. I mean, Americans didn't have this technology and my dad already did. It had a it had a record player and it had a shortwave radio. And it had AM, FM, and but but one of the things that I loved was the shortwave radio because I I remember uh, I could twist the knobs and it would go <laughs> between all the frequencies and the radio frequencies, and I thought, wow, that is like that was the first synthesizer, really. You know? So, Frank, now I'd like to uh, switch it uh, around to Adobe Audition and uh, maybe some gear and resources and really look at some of the features you really like. I mean, for instance, uh, radio tuning effects. You could probably generate now in the in the generate noise or generate tones part of Audition. There's stuff like the spectral frequency display, the, the, the spot healing brush tool, so much you can do. And obviously pitching down, reversing, but if you had to pick one feature, just one single feature out of that piece of software, what would be your favorite thing that you would say in Adobe Audition, that's it for you? I think it comes down to Audition, period, because Audition does it everything. And, and, you know, of course, spectral editing, okay? That's an amazing thing, to be able to go in and, 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 and one of the features that I love the most about that, the, the spectral, is, for instance, I've been doing sound effects libraries for, for many years for, you know, things that I created back on Star Trek and Tron. I packaged all of those sound effects and I put them out as products. And now Sound, Ide- sound Ideas distributes and uh, my whole library. And um, what I've what I've found, though, that sound effects that I created back then, like, for instance, uh, I went and recorded all of Nikola Tesla's inventions, Uh, his his, uh, you know, he had this electroloaf and all these incredible things that were like, you know, in the Frankenstein movies, all these electrical effects that were created, you know, mechanical inventions that he made. Uh, There was a museum, a a collector that had them in Hollywood. Well, I went to record all of those, and many of those effects made it into my library. But many didn't because there were artifacts in those sounds, like a my bump or, or something that was in the sound that I couldn't use. But it was a fantastic sound. But because it had a problem, maybe something, maybe there was a bump in it. Well, we couldn't take mic bumps out back then because that was analog. So what I'm doing is I'm going back through all of my library now. And I'm looking and analyzing 
things that I had done back in when I was recording Star Trek and Tron and, and I recorded super high quality back then. It was all done on a, on Nagras and, and uh, uh, Stella boxes. Now, one of the issues that, that with analog back then was tape hiss. There was always, unless you use Dolby, and then they figured a way to make it better, but it still wasn't great. Well, that's so easy to take out now. You know, I can go with spectral editing. I can just take all of my sounds and, and, they're, and then remaster them at the 24-bit, 192 kilohertz rate so that when we start manipulating that, those analog effects, which when, you know, they're super high resolution, when we do it in the digital domain, and we start manipulating them, they're going to be incredible. Now I can, now in the spectral editing features of audition, like mic bumps appear as a purple hue in the spectral analysis of it. So we go in and one of the things I love about the Adobe group is that they cross pollinate, um, their technology like they'll bring somebody over from from the uh photoshop group uh to come in and work with the audition group now what that does is it brings the visual technology into the audio technology and because i use i use photoshop too because you know, I do little things for my company and I like to be able to go in and because I can go in and, and actually create on Photoshop. Well, now uh, I'm, I'm kind of using Photoshop for audio because if I need to like uh, go in and just take out some purple, which I know is a mic bump in the, the whole spectral analysis of the sound, I can totally clean that up now. I can take a look at the tape hit, boom, and that's gone. And then I have this 100% beautifully mastered analog recordings. And I can then go in and start manipulating them at this high frequency rate, you know, where you take, let's say you take a gong, you know, or a big metal hit, you know, like I've gone inside of these big giant metal tanks, and I bring a sledgehammer and I just bang the side of this thing, right? That's like one of my favorites. Well, you take that and you lower that frequency down two octaves, <clears throat> that'll, that'll crack the cement in your, in your building, you know? So it, it's kind of fun uh, for me to be able to have these new tools. I mean, that's just like one thing it does. I mean, another... Another thing that I like about, uh, I think it's called Remix. It's called a Remix feature where you can go in and you can, because I, you know, I do a lot of music for stuff and I need to make my music fit. Um, and it's nice to see uh, like how a computer will play chess with a human. Um, I like to be able to throw my music into this Remix and then say, hey, what, what would the computer do? with with the music here how would it cut up how is it going to want to cut that up and i just love that a computer comes back and it goes well if if it were me i would do it this way 
And then you get to see how the computer reacts to it. It'll like take you a little piece of music of that section and put it here and put it there and repeat it twice there, you know, and it fits perfectly in 60 seconds, you know, and you go, but uh, it's, it's a little bit too computery for me, but I like that. I like the idea. You know? That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And like you say, I'm really glad that you, you use the analysis Photoshop for audio. Um, um, going back to talking about the spectral frequency display, because that's exactly what it is. Uh, with tape hiss, you know, you can see it there. You can marquee select it, take it out, or use one of the, uh, uh, the, the filters in the effects menu. Uh, again, with mic bumps, um, they are there plain for you to see and almost yeah like you say use a, a brush and paint over it and, and photoshop or audio photoshop it out and um yeah remix being a, a more recent development fantastic for uh, creating uh, new samples of tracks but yeah like you say it, it does run the risk of being a bit too computery so it's it's always nice to have a have a crack at it yourself um but yeah brilliant Become a great audio producer. Learn the secrets of creating great sounding audio. Go to mrc.fm slash learn. I like that it cuts it for me and it shows me. It's almost like having an assistant go, hey, you go cut it and see what what you can do with it. But then I can go in and I I have the ability to, to, to control that. I can go in and go, well, I want it to go a little bit later. I would, if I were me, I'd go a little later and I would like crossfade this section. So it kind of does kind of the basic work for you, but then you can go in and you have all these parameters you can experiment with, you know, where you can stretch it and, and do certain things you have control over that would be so difficult to do any other way. You know, uh, it's just a really, uh, amazing thing that they're doing now getting back to this revolution that i was talking about and it really applies to audition i would say more and more each day people are crossing over to premiere and when we were doing the tour throughout the u.s and canada most people that were coming to our courses were premiere people premiere editors that wanted to know about sound Okay, so I think Premiere is the premier editing system for the industry right now. I mean, if you look at all the blockbusters that are being done, I'd say that it's probably more like I don't know. I don't know the statistics of whether Premiere and Avid where that is. But the more I work with editors that I know, everybody's using Premiere. I don't really hardly work with Avid editors anymore. So that in itself lures me to work more in audition because the editors are coming in with Premiere stuff anyhow, okay? And the editors are cutting on Premiere. So for me to do, and and there's a fight going on between, you know, Avid and 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 premiere let's just put it that way and let me not put it a fight it's a competitive race okay and uh i think most of the editors that i work with they're all premiere i haven't worked with an avid editor for a long time so what i like about it now it's kind of a catch-22 
they're all cutting, all the editors are cutting in Premiere, and then I get the stuff, and I like it because, first of all, I'm a Premiere editor now because Duran Gleaves at Adobe taught me how to use it, and I'm very grateful to that. Um, so I like working in Premiere actually a little bit before I even get it over to Audition because if, if it comes in on Premiere, I can look at it, see how all the dialogue is, Sometimes the editor cuts in effects. I have it all there. I don't even have to think about it. Now, if I, the, the issue is, is that audition has not become the, it, it, it hasn't become the standard in audio. Pro, Pro Tools is still the dominant system that everybody cuts on. Now, if you go to, if you go to Universal, uh, Sony, Disney, any of these big facilities throughout, you know, L.A., there's not one of them that are going to have audition. They're all cutting. They're all cutting. Most of them, 99 percent of them or maybe 90 percent of them are all cutting in Pro Tools. And then they're mixing on a dub stage, you know, with Adobe Atmos system and the whole deal. OK, so it's all so you have to go to Pro Tools at some point, you know just because it's the dominant system. But someday we're going to see, because I'm going to do it, if I can convince somebody. The problem is, is we have to convince Hollywood, like how we convinced Hollywood to get from mag to pro to digi-design, to go digital. That was always a struggle, you know. Now everybody's using Pro Tools. They don't want to go to that. They don't want to learn something else, and they don't want to. It's already set up that way. So, but Audition has the lead on, on the technology. Like, for instance, you know, Pro Tools for, for uh, I mean, um, uh, uh, you know, like working with, uh, with cleaning sounds, like Photoshop, Photoshop for, for sound. That, that exists in Pro Tools. But it's a separate system. You know, you got to buy the Isotope plugins and it's not integrated in. Everything is a separate cost when it comes to Pro Tools, you know, and that's OK. But if you want to really have a big Pro Tool system, you got to kind of pay for it. It's not a cheap. Not that this other thing's cheap. I just like having everything integrated into one system. And Audition has everything and a lot more than Pro Tools does. But when it comes time for me to actually go to the dub stage, I need to transfer through OMF all of my Audition stuff over to Pro Tools. And, and someday I'm hoping that, you know, they'll become mixing consoles and ways for us. I think that Adobe's looking at advanced audio uh, controlling systems that may far exceed what we're seeing right now, uh, like virtual, you know, VR mixing and things like that. I mean, I don't really, uh, I mean, I know I've talked to Adobe about all this stuff and I know they're probably developing all this stuff, uh, but they're going to be the ones who go into virtual mixing before anybody does probably, you know? And at that point we're going to be putting on our goggles 
then we're going to be sitting there in a virtual mixing stage and we're going to be listening, you know, through headphones and we're going to be able to mix these major Dolby Atmos kind of things, you know, right in the headset. And that's when they're going to win. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to be so far advanced that it'll be hard for a lot of people to catch up because that's where we're going. We're going, we're going into this totally omnipresent spherical sound that, uh, that can only be heard in headphones actually, um, that way, because, uh, when you're listening to sound in the theater through Adobe Atmos system, unless there were speakers in the floor, you wouldn't get full 360. And that's what's so cool about listening back to audio in headphones. Not only is it the upper sphere, which is what you don't hear much when you go to theaters. Now you do because all the theaters are equipped with 64 speakers in an Atmos environment. So you get that feel, but you don't have speakers underneath you. And that's what you get when you're listening to full 360 uh, audio in a headset environment, you, you get omni, omnispheric audio, which is going to be the future of how we listen to everything, including music. Oh, I like the sound of that. That's great. And, uh, and the argument there is it's definitely there for the whole Adobe Creative Cloud. Uh, obviously, like you say, it's a, it's a process. It's convincing the majority of Hollywood. But um, yeah, I really like what, what you've just said there about it. So um, finally, to, to wrap up, an ultimate question I have for you, Frank, is um, what are your go-to resources or perhaps uh, some, of the, some of the gear you'd recommend that you use, uh, perhaps particularly uh, in your field of, of sound design and recording audio? Audio on the field, uh, maybe some portable recorders or something like that. What would you recommend, or what's in your kit, your daily or uh, regular kit that you use? Well, you know, I, over the years, I've I've had, you know, we started out with uh, uh, cassette, like the cassette recorder. You know, I the, I put a little mic on that, and then and then it went to these super high quality quarter inch audio machines, which had hiss and they required battery. You know. You know, it's just the evolution of it. And then uh, and then I started working with Sony had these uh, these little mini disc things and they came out with DAT, you know, so that was what we were using for a long time. DAT, little DAT recorders. And then as things progressed, it became these SD cards and uh, and then a, a company called Zoom uh to develop this h2 which was just this little beautiful little stereo recorder that had really high quality microphones and recorded its you know nice 16-bit recording so i use i started developing with that and going out you know with my libraries because like like a little mini camera almost like your telephone you have it you know you notice that you take more pictures when you have your cell phone now right i mean you don't you probably wouldn't be taking many pictures like you're taking now if you didn't have your cell phone. So that's kind of what has happened in audio is these devices have become so uh, microized and so portable that it makes it easy for you to go out and record high quality audio. And Zoom is one of those companies that have been really pushing that forward. And I like them a lot because 
<clears throat> I work with the Japanese uh, uh, engineering group, and they they actually develop uh, everything that I ask them to into these these products, and it's making for an incredible portable digital recorder. Uh, it's the uh, the one that I've been using is called the F8. And it's eight channels of 192 kilohertz audio. And then, you know, getting back to Audition, another amazing thing that Audition does is they integrate with SoundMiner. Uh, SoundMiner is a sound effects uh, tool. It's a database system that allows you to go in and search all your sound effects. Well, I have... In my sound effects library, I probably have, you know, between all of my sound effects and every other library that I have, I probably have close to 700,000 sound effects, you know. Now, how do you, how do you find something in, in a pool of 700,000 sound effects? Now, you go to, you go to uh, SoundMiner and you type in certain keywords that you want to find out what these sounds are and it goes and it finds it for you like Google. Right. And then, and then what's cool about it is sound minor and audition are so integrated together that once you find the right sound, you just punch it and it goes right where you want it to go right into your editing system, you know? And boy, that's that makes it so fun and easy for me that I look forward to editing now. It used to be like a, a tedious process, and it's like, oh, editing, oh, oh, you know. Now it's so easy and fun, and like I can find everything in my library so quick because I know the names of everything, so I can just go and find it real quick. I you know I click a button. And where I want it to go in the timeline, it appears, you know, and that that is just like it, that tool saves me so much time that I'm making so much money because I'm not having to hire people to go and do that work for me or have me spend the time going, oh, geez, where was that effect? You know, or how am I going to get that in? It's so automated now. That, that it just makes it a pleasure to do this kind of work. So final question to you, Frank. Um, what would you tell a young and aspiring uh, audio creator who wants to get into this whole industry? What would be your advice to someone like that? Most producers and directors for a young person, if they were, met, if they were able to actually operate audition, uh, they'll be able to communicate with the directors and the editors within the group, because most of all the films that are being done right now, not only the big blockbusters, but most of the independent projects are all being done, uh, you know, on premiere. So while you're working on a film, you can actually do everything using audition and and the tools that are available on audition are, uh, very sophisticated. And when it comes time to like, for instance, to building a house, if you're going to build a house, you need to have, you know, the drills, the saws, the level, the hammer. If you don't have those tools, you're not going to build the house. 
And what great thing about Audition is, is that all those tools are packaged right in there. You don't need to go out and get any other plugins to be able to do the work. So if you're working on an independent project, you can carry it from the point of where you get it all the way to the final mix. And as long as your room is tuned, you could do this out of a bedroom. Got to make sure that when you're listening back to your speakers, that you tune your room. That's very important. And that it's set at the proper calibration rates. And then you'll be able to listen to your music at the right calibration when you're when you're actually mastering your project. So you'll be able to do projects right out of your own bedroom if it were that, you know, if you if you had to, you work on a laptop, you know, you have Premiere and Audition, you do everything on your laptop, and then you deliver uh, either by listening to you know, the, the room through the speakers or headphones. But the most important thing when you're doing your independent projects is that your room is tuned properly so that when you're delivering back to a theater or wherever it's going to the internet, it plays back at the proper uh, DB uh, level. So uh, other than that, the tools available on Audition are, uh, are just uh, super powerful and you can do everything that you need. Not only, like I said, for an independent project, but all the way up to, you know, a huge blockbuster film. Because many of the effects that can be uh, generated through the spectral systems and all the, the different various plugins that uh, uh, Audition has to offer – uh, can, can give you everything that you, you need and, and beyond. Fantastic advice. Thank you, Frank, for your time today. It's been a really, really enlightening chat. And um, also your um, sound effects packs from Sound Ideas. I'll make sure um, we get a link to them for those who are interested in, uh, in checking those out and uh, perhaps getting hold of some of your packs. Um, but if you had one place where you would point uh, someone listening to right now uh, to go ahead and, uh, and, and check you out and find out more, about you and your work, where would that be? Uh, you can go to fserafini.com. That's probably the best. And then uh, if you want to check out, uh, you know, how how I go about creating sound for film, uh, I have uh, 90 minutes of uh, educational content that's av- available on Pluralsight. And it's called uh, Sound for Film by Frank Serafini. Excellent. Frank, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Really great episode and uh, really appreciate you coming on. Very cool. Thank you. If you want to grab the exact Adobe Audition template I use, head over to mrc.fm slash presets. That's mrc.fm slash presets. And you can grab my Adobe Audition multi-track template there. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. 
Hey, it's Mike back again. And I just wanted to let you know, as a podcast listener, to go and grab your free exclusive audio download from us here at Music Radio Creative. Just head over to mrc.fm forward slash play.